Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fire Escape. Hey, y'all. Roll, roll. Take a deep breath for that one. You got you, you really should take a deep breath yeah. every time we, uh, yeah. we start off. Yeah, it's true. I think everyone's taking a deep breath. Yeah. There's a deep I collective feel. breath going on. Probably the, all of you who are listening right now are probably taking a deep breath at like, the beginning of this episode, knowing what is to, what is to follow. The, the sort of the japes, the jokes, the intense anecdotage that's about to follow. Yeah. I'm like, t- we're releasing a collective breath, if that makes sense. Like <laughs> a sigh. What you say? It a oh, sigh? Finally, uh, they're they're back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, we are two dudes from Alabama, and a Welsh Londoner. Although, more and more so. You know, I've never been. I've never been happy with that description, but I'll just let it rule. A Welsh by. Londoner. Yeah. Well, what's a better what description? Like? Well, it's more that I just think fundamentally I'm just not a big fan of any form of label, you know. Oh, okay. We're two dudes from Alabama. And and a human. Yeah, and a... An organism. Unknown, yeah. Is organism too labeled? Are we okay with it? It's just with all those things. I mean, it's weird. Why does that rub me out the wrong way? I don't really know. I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, I am both from West Wales and then spent large chunks of my life in London and been forever between the two, so... Do I need to change the website? I see. This is breaking news. I I didn't know this was... So I guess that is accurate in many ways, yeah. But yet somehow, I mean, but <laughs> we're two Alabamians we in a howl. Are we defined by? I guess we are defined by origins. Are we? I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably somewhere in between the two. I'd say you know, some. But I'm some definitely days. not. I definitely don't feel like if somewhere between the two would probably be the West Country of England, and I definitely don't feel like I'm from there. So, um, but you know, I think here's the thing: if I go back to London, I increasingly do not feel like I'm from sure. there. Yeah, like London is it as it is now. It's a curious thing. I mean, I, I, I it was also like my the family house there, you know, or the the roads that I frequented, <laughs> you know, feel very familiar to me. But it just doesn't feel like me anymore. So I think that's it. That's the thing is that okay. you know. So I'm a bit like, Ugh. we got to leave Welsh in there because your your first name has a Y in it, and that's uh, yeah. in place of a vowel. And and I don't really know how else I could. I had a curious you know moment the other day. Welsh American. So, I, so I, I just was chatting to somebody about um, five or six days ago, and I don't, I'd met them via a friend, and we were having a drink, and um, and I was sort of griping about New York City, as obviously <laughs> we all are known to do, yep. Yep. and um, I'm feeling thinking about whether I would like ever feel like I'd fit in here again, and, da, 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 and you were whinging about I life was in the big city, about life in the big city, and um, so that part we can keep, yeah. But it was yeah. really interesting because this. Uh, this girl said to me, um, this woman, I should say, said to me, she just laughed. And I went, what's so funny? Thinking she was going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to whinge about life in the big city. So I was just talking about, you know, not feeling like New York necessarily was my place. And she just said to me, she said, you just, you very much seem like a New Yorker to me. And I was just the first Whoa. time anyone had ever said that to me. I was really taken aback. I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, but you don't have anything specific to offer. She, she said, just the way you talk about it and the way, like, she was like, you just, 
maybe because I was whinging about life in the big city. Oh, so yeah, that's saying why. that New York yeah. doesn't feel like, you know, like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> yeah, just, totally. it used to have this thing was, that I could connect with. That feels like a very New York yeah, thing. Yeah, it was just you know? a curious, it was like a curious moment. It was the first time anyone had yeah. said that to me. An actual American person <laughs> said that to me. Man. You know, well, so at, maybe, at New Yorker, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Does that make you not feel good? No, I was just surprised. It was interesting, but I kind of knew what she meant. You know, you spend a certain amount of time somewhere, don't you? And it gets into you. Yeah, and yeah. then it becomes I mean, a part. Then it becomes a part of you. And I've had people tell me that, like you, you talk, like you sound like a New Yorker more and more. Like people back home have said that, yeah. and it always like kind of gets under my skin in a way that I, I don't like it. I don't like being told. But it's that. probably a slightly indefinable. But it's probably just true. It's probably a slightly indefinable thing. It's like an aspect or like yeah. an energy or whatever you want to, whatever the word might be. But. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe if you just stopped everybody calling everybody the kid. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Pete always goes home. Dude, you know, the kid, he was out here doing this. And yeah, I was like, what's this kid doing? You know what I'm saying? And hey, like, and yeah, he's kid. like, I don't sound like a New Yorker. Hey, kid. Fuck out of here. What you talking about? What are you yeah. talking about, yeah. hey, that, kid. that would do it. I do go home and immediately just, uh, you know, yo, what up, my guy? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I had a New Yorker moment. I'm going to talk about this. Introducing New Yorker moments. Just, I had a couple this week, but yesterday I had an absolute fucking prize gold classic New York moment where I was on the subway going into Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going uptown. Like, so we were probably, I was on the F train. Oh, yeah. I was like there we go. Approaching Midtown on the F train under the ground. And, the, and this kid, this kid, hey kid, uh, got on the train and started asking for money. So it was a homeless kid. He said, I'm 17. He was quite a big guy, actually. And I was like, I'm desperate. I really need cash. I don't got dollars. I don't got any spare change. Please, please, please. He's been really vocal about it. And, you know, sometimes I give, sometimes I don't, like everybody else, you yeah, know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, so I put my hand in my pocket. And I knew I was like, I just have a 20 in my wallet. But I had some small change. I got it out. And there was just like three quarters and, a f- and some smaller coins. Yeah. And I just, I like nodded at him and he came over and I just put it all in his hand, right? So there's probably just under a dollar there. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? And he walked away, right? And then I went back to my business and then I looked up and he walked back towards me and he threw a penny in my face. What? Because he didn't want the penny, man. Because what's a penny good for, right? I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, what is a penny good for? Yeah. But it was like he threw it in my face. <laughs> All right. Not really hard. He wasn't like fuck you, yeah. you know. But he just was like he just kind of chucked it and it like bounced off my face. And then he just turned away and like stormed out the carriage and threw the middle door to the next carriage and started shouting again. But the most amazing moment was like I just like laughed. I think it wasn't angry. It was just so. Do you know what I mean? It's just like what is happening. And I looked around me, and the entire part of my carriage, it was like a New Yorker moment. We all did the same thing. Everyone was just, like, laughing sadly and shaking yeah. their head. It was like one of those moments of subway unity. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'd had a penny um, thrown in my face. <laughs> no, but I hadn't just given him a penny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It asked for small change. I'd given him the small yep. change. I'd probably given him 90 cents, I'd say, yeah. probably. over 91 cents, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. <laughs> but it was like he just took deep, deep offense at that single penny and threw it back right at me. And I guess, you know, firstly, I just thought, well, obviously, beggars can be choosers, right? But, yeah. you know, um, but secondly, there was just this, like, proper New Yorker moment of, like, I guess it made me think that if I'd just arrived there, I might have been indignant, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Man is assaulting me, throwing money in my throwing shit in my face. But there was just, it was like, I had no response. I just yeah. sort of was like, oh, fuck this shit. You know, or just like, whatever. Well, I mean, it's so irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Who, who cares? Yeah. But all of us together, there was this, like, smattering of humans. You know, everyone heading uptown, a lot of people heading home to probably, like, the heights. You know, it was just like... Yeah. And everyone was just, there was just, a, um, there was like a mutual head shake and yeah. sad, mm, mm, mm. you know, like despairing chuckle. 
and this one dude said said sorry to me. You know, this one guy, this like Hispanic guy in his sixties, was just like, "I'm sorry, man." <laughs> like, we were sort of shaking our hands together. You know, and this old lady was like reading her book, and she looked up and just like went back to her reading. You know, it was yeah. just like I felt like it was like pure New York. There was something oh, yeah. about it collectively in that moment. I don't know? think there is. I mean, regardless of the circumstance, there is nothing more New York than a unified subway car yeah. like, for any reason. Yeah, that is just like whatever you know. When you know everyone's yelling at the conductor when they announce bad news, or you know, Brandy saw one where a, a a guy walked on the train with a dog, and the conductor came over the you know the loudspeaker and was like, "I saw you come in with the dog. You can't have the dog in here. Get the dog out." And apparently, everyone started yelling on the train, "Like we like the dog. We leave the dog. We like the dog." <laughs> and the guy just sat down. and was like, "All right, I'm going to stay here because like this whole cart's on my team." And the train went on. Totally. That's always so insane. It's the best New York has to offer: the unified subway <laughs> car. As someone who has a New York a dog. beggar is just not going to take that penny. This is the lesson of this story for all of you, any listeners of ours that might be visiting to New York City. If you know, if a homeless person is asking for money and you choose to respond, you know, be generous, of course. If you, if the moment takes you. And um, but just be warned that if they ask for small change and you give them all of your small change, make sure yeah, there's no, that there are no pennies, no coppers co- no. in that collected small change, or hope that they read a penny saved is a penny earned. A you penny know what saved I mean? Is a penny earned, man. Yeah. Think about that. I mean, if I had a penny for every time that happened, yep, I'd have about one penny. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but that's you know more than zero pennies. You know, I mean, but also beggars can be choosers. I guess you've got to be discerning, haven't you? Yeah, you, know? you, you must. You truly you just, must. You could have just dropped it on the floor, let's be honest, you know, because then it would be a lucky penny. Yeah, Who knows true. what, what might Was it shiny? That. But I left it on the floor, and that was the spirit. I was like, I'm not going to pick that up. Yeah, no. That, but you're done. Yeah, that, penny, that penny's life is, is, has gone through its full thing. Yeah. Do you know that uh, it actually costs more money to make a penny than a penny is worth? I was going to say, when do we decide to get rid of them as a When are we going to get rid of cash? I mean, that's the big question. I don't know. We probably won't get rid of cash, but we'll definitely get rid of pennies at some point in time. Well, once we finally just, like, force everybody to stop making things. Like, everything has to end in a zero or a five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to simplify the sales tax system. Yeah, Yeah. dude. In the UK, the the monies, the pennies and the coins, it's kind of fascinating in terms of that respect. They're still maintained because we have a penny and we have a two-penny piece. Yeah. And the two-penny piece, they're enormous. They're the biggest biggest coins. Yeah. They're big and bronze and round. Two-pence. You don't see many of them actually anymore, but they they still exist. Is there a threepence? There's a little threepenny bit. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Threepenny bit. Sir, can I have some money? Uh, any loose change will do. A, a threepenny, a threepenny, and a halfpenny bit. Um, <laughs> any florins, my good man. Um, uh, <laughs> but but in, the, in like a little mo- moment of like transatlantic oddity, like you don't see, um, uh, like in the like London, particularly now you're there is both the UK as a whole, but I think particularly London, but I think just generally in the UK, like cash is increasingly scarce. Like it's yeah. everything is. Because it's not just chip and pin, which is obviously you now have here. Contactless. In the it's contactless, and it has been for many, many years. So, like, I feel like there's a general setup a competitive U.S. versus U.K. discussion, but I feel like the financial systems and banking systems of the U.S. are still existing in the '80s in many respects. You know, it's like the there's check being paid by check and stuff like that just literally never happens in the U.K. Yeah, everything is done by direct debit. I mean, literally everything. You know, and if yeah. you're a freelancer, I come, you just send in your. 
your deets and they'll just pay you by direct debit. And I'm mm-hmm. always struck here in the US that when I'm doing freelance work, there's like this extraordinary, like, like insanely complicated, like Kafkaesque payment systems you have yes. to enter into to like to get your money out. And like, I still can't get money from the work I do in the US if I'm not here. It just gets sent by check to like yeah. to my address, and I come back, and then it feels I've won the lottery because I return. You know, the <laughs> accumulated cash. But speaking of checks, there's one on the table right now. Yeah, I'm gonna endorse it on your behalf and yes. send it to one lucky listener. But yeah, but back to the point is that in the UK now, you just don't. It's rare. I mean, people do use cash. You'll use it like shops, but really, it's rare. Everything's contactless. Yeah. It all just goes. Well, what travel is? You know, it's the system around the subway as well. Yeah. The contactless. That's but, that's coming here yeah. is like the the thing. But what's weird to me, or like not weird, it's just it's one of those things that I don't think is thought all the way through. To where, like, when, especially, like, trendy restaurants and stuff, and I get it, go, like, cashless, and they only do cards and stuff, there's, there's, tends to be on the progressive wing a big um, push for being, like, oh, it, that's actually, like, you know, not inclusive to, like, the underbanked and stuff, and in, in, like, our, like, poorer communities. Yeah, well, people who use credit who unions Who mainly as well, use right? cash and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. credit unions, people have debit cards and yeah. stuff like that, typically. Um, but like people like who mainly use cash using, yeah. in, you know, like in, and just like, you know, not just for like, you know, for like undocumented immigrant communities or even just like communities of color, a lot of times won't have, you know, don't have bank accounts or are underbanked or whatever. But to me, that seems like we're blaming like the work establishment for doing something that is not progressive when it's like no it's the whole banking system is what the problem yeah. is like yeah, it's the fact yeah, that like yeah. our banks you know like the the systems in europe are completely different to where like you don't get charged if you use a different bank's atm you don't get charged Dude, a fee for charged. that in fact there was an, it was one of those weird moments that it was like an act of parliament in the uk i mean where they just they passed the law being like this shit is just totally unfair and absurd yeah like the bank's argument were like no we're like it's a service and it really there's complications it costs and, like, and, no, you know, and literally the UK government, you know, was just like rarely because obviously they're on the side of business. We're just like, this is absolute fucking bullshit. Like, it doesn't cost you fuck all. Like, you're making huge amounts of money in all sorts of other ways. And mm-hmm. it was like an anti, it was like a form of an antitrust motion. Yeah. They were just like, yeah. they just struck it out. And the only place it exists in the UK is, you know, like a random ATM in a bodega. Yeah. You know, where, or in a bar, you can yeah. still get charged ATM, like private ATMs. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a you know, person yeah. who owns yeah, an yeah. ATM. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like that, that, that still happens, but never in a different. bank. Yeah, never and in it's a like, bank. it's the same thing with like, you free know, transfers I, as well I as other banks. Like, you know, online transfers is, every, all of that is free. You can just like ping yeah. to each other, you know. I get the sentiment. It's not that I don't, uh, it's not that I don't, you know, feel a certain way. It's not that I, it, like, I don't, you know, empathize with the situation or sympathize whichever the right probably empathize would mm. be the right word there I don't know empathize is the one uh, you don't directly feel right no that's that's uh, em- to empathize is to feel the other person's sync- yeah, circumstances yeah, yeah. feeling something yes. you don't directly feel yeah 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 if yourself. Yeah. yeah so like I, I can get that but I at the same time I'm like I just think that there is, it's just smarter in the long run to go all electronic or not all electronic. It's just cash. Just seems to be. It's a waste of material. It's it's cost more money to circulate it, and it's more dangerous. It just is. It's frankly more dangerous because yeah, you know you restaurants or like places that have a lot of cash on them have to have more secure. There's just like all this. 
I mean, it's also though, but it's about it becomes a question, like particularly in this country. I've heard people talk about it in terms of personal liberty as well, which is obviously one of the fundamentals of this fine country. The idea of being able mm-hmm. to be in control of one's money, you know, and to sort of have yeah. the physical reality of it is. Um, it's almost like a trust issue. I'm not saying this is correct, but I think like, sure, the psychology but, of it's very interesting, you know. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, and that's a different thing. I don't know. I think that I could be completely wrong about this, but I I don't think that the the restaurants going cashless is necessarily like the the biggest problem. That seems to me like a like a sim- symptomatic thing where people are like blaming someone who's a part of the system who actually doesn't have any control over it. it's not oh yeah it's definitely you know I mean? not it's just like yeah, yeah they're just Although they're making a there decision there is some like nefarious nonsense so like i don't know about over here but in the uk there was a period of time where like large-scale restaurant chains of which like the uk high streets now are sort of this sort of weird homogenous blend of a variety of like middle range european themed restaurant chains like mm-hmm. some pizza express or strada or you know yeah. there's like there's the sort of shit that you'll see on the outskirts of a u.s town in the mall you know the sort yeah. of restaurant that people will go to on a you know to get for like a sort of reasonably priced meal nothing fancy those things are like the main high streets like the downtown high streets of every uk town they're all yeah. identical pretty much mm-hmm. you know there's this great sort of identikit look to a lot of these places now but if you work for one of those um, restaurants, not all of them, but there was a bit of a scandal a while ago about this, about everything being not cash free, but most people using payment that it was around staff getting tips. So tipping culture is really different in the UK, obviously. Yeah. But you know, nearly everyone will tip in a restaurant. I mean, I mean, there might be some British servers listening to this being like, no, they fucking don't. But on the most part, there is a culture of tipping when you go for a meal, not in a bar. In the yeah. UK, you won't see people tipping in a bar really, unless it's like a fancy cocktail bar in London or whatever. But on the most part, there's no bar tipping, but there is when you go and have a meal, and it'll be ten to fifteen percent instead of the mm-hmm. 20% and there's no tax on time so it's quite straightforward but there was a, th- a little it moved away from cash tips obviously to people just doing it on card with chip and pin mm-hmm. right so you could put your tip on your chip and pin payment or on your contactless or ask on the machine do you want a tip yes this is what I put in or it might be you don't have to double sign in the UK as yeah. well there's yeah. no double signing it's just like very straight up you usually just do it on the device but there's it emerged of course that like servers weren't getting their tips or they were getting a much minimal yeah. amount of compared to what they felt like they'd earned. Mm-hmm. And of course, what was happening was that there was just large tip pooling going on across the entire company. Yeah. So like a nationwide company was pooling all tips and then it was just going on as part of the paycheck. Right? Yeah. And was being taxed accordingly. It's not obviously like tips are supposed to be taxed. Yeah. But, you know, there was just, and I think there's a continued issue because, you know, servers are just being like, yeah, dude, but like I like worked my balls off to like look after these five people who oh, gave yeah. me like a forty pound tip, and it's going and it's being shared with like Steve in Stockport. Yeah, you know, and I don't think Steve doesn't work hard, you know. But there was just that level of being. This is why I do the job is because there's a certain yeah. amount, of, and they're not getting it back. But also, there was a couple of theories that, of course, these huge chains can make money from that. Sure, because mm-hmm. all of that money goes, goes into the bank, goes and through getting, the bank, and yep. it's like, and the, you know, it depends how they're s- storing the cash, right? Which is like yeah. high state savings, or you know, and all the financial operators. But when you think about the number of restaurants those things have, which are probably up towards the thousands, probably or like the yeah. high hundreds, and the amount of covers and money that's rolling through, these are multi million pound operations. You know, that's a lot of money that's rolling through on a daily basis, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. then and it's at the end of every month that that's coming through on the paycheck. So it makes yeah. a lot. You know, suddenly it makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, yeah, it's it the reason why it benefits the business rather than it benefits the staff. That's yeah. the same reason why, like, you get paid on a biweekly or semi monthly, or you know, or like semi monthly or monthly payment, yeah, like yeah. pay cycles and stuff like. That. 
that is so that the you know business can hold on to the money in their bank account for long enough yeah. to accrue a little bit of interest yeah, before they pay course, you yeah. which is like which is stupid because and we're just all used to it it's like but you don't like no you know like why do you get paid why do you work for two weeks and then get paid at the end of that like yeah. why don't you get paid at the end of every work day yeah, it doesn't own, make any sense. Own, like uh, I develop, like yeah. you don't eat, you don't go to the grocery store two weeks in a row, and then they bill you, and then you send yeah. them money. You buy your groceries that moment. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, yeah. it is weird. I never it is even weird. thought about that. Yeah. My, my 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 old man used to. I think he still does sometimes. But, you know, he wants if we've had a particularly good, we've at a restaurant as a family or whatever, and we've had a particularly good serving experience with a nice waiter or waitress. You know, like he is, he's been known to be like at the end of the meal. Do you get the tip if I put it on my card? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes they're like, "No, sir." It goes into a collective pot, and then he's like, "I wish to give you an individual tip for your work." Yeah. And sometimes they're like, "I can't accept that as part of my job, unfortunately." Really? And then mm-hmm. he's even been like, "Can I speak to the manager?" Because you know, he just was like, mm-hmm. "It offends yeah. him," I think, and understandably so. Because yeah. I understand that. It's Do part you of the have? It's like if you're choosing to say, like, "Hey, I I want to be generous." with you because you've done a good job yeah. and like I want you to you know that's want why you to you're get taking this. that job right? and then you just give it to a CEO to make an extra decimal yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like yeah that's but in terms of the psychology of the money of it I, I'm really in terms of the difference between the two countries not just like the banking systems which are obviously bananas I mean like my perfect example is when I first got here and I went and got my Citibank account and, like, and, I, and I was like oh can I have a checkbook and they were like sure that would be 50 bucks or whatever oh, and, yeah. I was like, no, and I was just like no 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 I, I'm, I have an account with you so just like give me the checkbook <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> they were like yeah that'll cost you 50 dollars I went no no you don't understand I'm putting money into your institution like I'm your client so just like I just, just give me a uh-huh. checkbook and they were like no it's going to cost you and I went no you, no, you don't get it you know it's like properly and then i was like it just seems so bananas Everything. to me i, I have a i have a i have a bank account <laughs> that's like a separate that like was a different type of bank account that had to have like a minimum amount of money in it but when it dropped below that i didn't want to start pay keep paying the monthly fee so i had to swap that bank account to a different type of bank account that's called like an e-access account but in order to not have a monthly fee on that i have to use there's like an eight dollar monthly fee unless you use your debit card like five to ten times in a month or something like that i'm just like so i have to like remember like okay i need to make sure to have enough money in that account and like how many times have i used it i need to i need to use it i'm like so i'll be like oh uh, yeah i'll just put it on this thing and it's like because to not lose eight dollars and i'm just like you're making money off of my money why yeah. are we doing this right now because yeah. they can dude yep that's just but the other thing is just that the, but in terms of just like the day-to-day usage getting along from griping about the banking system the big thing that i always find really fascinating is about how how much of a cash society certainly New York is I mean mm-hmm. I think oh, that's yeah. true of the rest of the states but like particularly New York City I remember when I first this is actually like thinking about over 10 years ago when I first came into work but seeing it but you still see it like certain bars you know like not even necessarily a dive bar but you know certain bars busy times a day but the bar is just covered in cash right yeah yeah. you know and um, I always I still marvel at that it just feels like like it's also for just the other like night. a trust level, you know, on a super yeah. on it. And they used to like, when I first moved over in 2014, I was in Hell's Kitchen at my friend Jim's place, and there used to be this bar on 11th Ave. I think it might still be there, but it was before even five years ago. There's so many all these towers have gone up there, you know. There was still like a, like the fringes of the old neighbourhood still on the edges of the docks there, you know, around West 49th, 50th was still there, and there was this crusty old bar. I used to go in there and get a crusty burger sometimes, but if I was there between like five and eight. 
But the bar was like a monopoly board. Yeah. But never, as an as a Brit, you just would never see that because obviously you're paying in cash, but you don't get dollar notes. We just have pound coins. Yeah. You know, and we get onto the coins, though, the difference, the psychology of the coins, you know, which is itself a very weird thing, I think, in, yeah. in the UK. You know, like the pound coin is gold. Yeah. You know, it's a pound and it's made to feel heavy and it looks like gold. So yeah. like, there's still this weird sense you have like, I have a gold pound, one pound in gold, you know, which yeah. is obviously not the case, but it looks mm-hmm. like it, you know, mm-hmm. which gives you this curious sense of its value, which isn't the case at all. Whereas yeah. an American dollar note is just like a raggedy bit of paper that you want to throw in the bin. But you know, I love it, the, uh, you know what I, mean? I like the gold dollars. I have one yeah. right now. Yeah. I want to change all my, there's, there's new ones too, new really? different gold dollars Ooh. that I think have like Hamilton on them. But you know, but like most Right, the note feels kind of crinkly yeah. and a bit, and you just end up accumulating them, don't you? And obviously, it's that weird thing that it makes you feel like you need to get rid of it because there's so fucking many of them in your pocket. Yeah. And like, I remember seeing those bars, and it just yeah, it's like a monopoly board. There's people stacking up their tips, also leaving their tips. But yeah. like you know, the the and I've worked bar, you know, and I you know collect the tips in, but you know, in some bars. You'll just see them all laid out. They won't. Yeah. They, they'll just see their tips piling up, and they just leave them on the. But there's this incredible like trust. There's like huge amounts of cash just like splashed along these bars. Yeah, you know, in certain neighbourhoods. Yeah, like uh, the other night for like in London, people just nick it. Really, they just take oh, it. Oh, oh, yeah. fuck it straight up. Like if you walked into a bar and someone was just leaving four pound coins like in front of on the bar, you know, someone would just be like, "Oh, fucking have that." <laughs> <laughs> fucking four pound, are you? Uh, yeah, the other night for your birthday at uh, Happy Birthday Hell. Thanks, thanks. Oh, yeah. Belated birthday. Um, there was just one bartender at that bar, and yeah. like I just left a dollar on the thing, and then, like there were people sitting around all over the place. That I, that drunk Irishman probably took a couple, lifted a couple probably. dollars off the bar. You never that, know. That is not a uh, yeah, but that barman. Yeah, the, uh, he was he, 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 was, a he drunk was drunk and, and Irish. And Irish. Yeah, but that that that. Oh, the, and I'm a little shout out. I'm going to get some free, free advertising to our, yeah. obviously. Today's episode brought it, to you by... Brought to you by the WXOU Radio Bar in Hudson in the West Village. I would heartily recommend to all visitors. You know, it's still yep. like old school West Village. Slightly divey, but quality bar yeah. with an amazing jukebox. I think that barman, who I think... He might be the owner. I don't know, but he's there all the time. He is one of the most regular barmans there. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, but he is old school. I think he has eyes in the back of his head. Oh, yeah. Like, he would I know. think he'd be down the bottom with his back to you serving like four obnoxious bros who've just wandered down from meatpacking. And if someone at the other end of the bar like even puts a finger on his dollar, I yeah. think there would be a small tumbler smashing into the back of your head. Before he'd just reach out. Say, reach out behind him. Yeah, cash only yeah. no red vault. Reach out behind him with a meat cleaver and just yeah. take your arm yeah, straight off. Yeah, got you. Yeah. He reprimands you, that barman. Oh, like, yeah. When I first turned up, yeah. we saw you there. My friend Ben was there, and Ben was like, I'll have a whiskey neat um, with a Diet Coke. So I went up, and I was like, whiskey neat with a Diet Coke, and he was like, with, with, with on the rocks or not? And I was like, I'll go and ask. And it was like, on the rocks. And he was like, together or separate? I was like, I'll ask. And he was like, you need to come better prepared, my friend. <laughs> yep. That's what he yeah. said to me. It he wasn't was like, even like mad at you. He no, was just he telling was just, you, hey, hey, next time. You gotta be better prepared when you come Get up to the bar. Get it worked out. And I was like, yeah. "Cool, thanks, dude." Um, yeah. But yeah, he probably was cleaning up, right? That guy cleaned up that night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Friday He's making, night, making dollars, making, making some serious coins. He just piled it up. That's another thing. There's, there's a brick. Yeah. You know, you could see behind that bar, hilariously, oh, yeah. in this bar. For it literally was just a mound. It's called. It is yeah. a completely decorless bar. It's just wood with some like little booth tables and a jukebox. It has one sign which sits above the bar, which says 
Cash only, no Red Bull. Cash only, no Red Bull. On printer paper. On yeah. printer paper. <laughs> on printer paper. Though. Yeah, on it printer is. paper. <laughs> yeah, framed on printer paper. Yeah. And um, but below that sign, he was just any time he dragged off his tips, there was just this fucking pile of Monopoly cash mm-hmm. just growing and growing. He yeah, he just would throw the bar. bar. Just like that. Nope, just throw it on the back bar, and that's just it. That's it. But that is like a big difference on, on the tip. It's hard to put into words. I think like British people, I don't know whether we're more protective about cash, but certainly, you know, we don't have, we don't have pound notes, right? Yeah. You know, What's the, the smart the, five? The feel of them is totally different as five well. Five pound, is that the yeah, first you have paper? Yeah, fiver, a tenner, 20, and you can get a 50, but, you know, if someone's throwing 50s around, they're probably a drug dealer. You know, it's basically yeah. five tens and 20s. We're about the same. We don't mess with 50s, really. They exist. I mess with 50s at work sometimes. Do you? I'll tell yeah. a funny story. So that's about just often. like banks will give them out occasionally. I'll tell a little funny yeah. story about drug dealers and 50 pound notes from West Wales, from Newport, where I'm from in Pems. Are there 100 they, pound um, notes? No, I think there are. I don't know if there are 100 pound notes. I oh. presume there probably are. But this was in the 70s, right? And in the 70s on the coast of Pembrokeshire, not far from the village, there's lots of little bays and inlets, you know, that you can't reach unless by boat. Yeah. So a lot of people go out and set lobster pots off the coast, you know, at a variety of points around is that the Pembrokeshire coast. A literal thing, or is it? Is that some type of uh, like a is lobster, a lobster pot pot slang? Like, yeah. No, 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 it's not slang. No, that's a thing. You call a prostitute. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 but so, but back in the stories, I think in the early '80s or in the '70s, that a, a, like a local fisherman who was just going out to check his lobster pots went round the side of the bay to one of the smaller inlets where he leaves his pot, and he got onto the he like parked his boat on that little beach, and he he pulled in his pot and he parked his boat and I think he was just like having a cup of tea or whatever you know and it was on this little below a cliff you couldn't get to it by a path you know yeah. little stone inlet beach. And as he was walking on it, along the beach, his foot went on something that clanged, right? And okay. he was like, what's clanging? And he looked down and he pushed the stones away. And under the stones, there was a metal, round, circular, twist-like, you know, like a yeah. sewerage cover. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what the fuck is that? You know, because you don't see that. I mean, there's no reason for that to be there. Yeah. You know, like. So he unscrewed it and there was a ladder and he went down the ladder and there was just a small metal container essentially an underground container that had been built into this beach and so he uh, went back he put it back on I think famously got a bit nervous you know it was just like you know covered the stones back over it he went back and he phoned the police before the days of cell phones obviously he phoned the cops and the cops turned up and they conf- and then they realized that this was obviously a smuggling container. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So at the time in the 70s, you know, just across from there in West Wales is the Irish Sea. Uh-huh. And so there's Ireland on the other side. And I think one of the big drug routes was obviously coming in via Ireland, you know, yeah. or one of the drug routes. Man, we are really besmirching the name of the Irish. I'll tell you yeah. what. Drunk yeah. Irishmen selling drugs. You know yeah. how they oh, are. Oh, not even necessarily the Irishmen. You know it's how just they another, are. It's like the UK is an island, right? So they're going to come, yeah. come yeah. in somehow, right? I think one of the other big routes is via Holland, you know, I think is still to this day, you know, just popping over the North yeah. Sea. Yeah, but take that, Holland. Take yeah, that. Yeah, you're getting um, one. You're but getting they, were one like, a, they were like, this is clearly a smuggling route for something or other. And so they started to keep an eye on it, you know, because obviously in the middle of the night, it's a remote part of the West Coast. Obviously, a boat was must be coming in, and at some point, things have been picked yeah. up from there. 
But they asked around the village. This is the story about the £50 notes is, and them being a rare quantity. They, they started, the cops asked around in this small Welsh village going, have you seen anyone acting strangely over the past year or two? And very, very quickly, just the locals were like, because it wasn't a massive tourist spot at the time, yeah, in the uh-huh. summertime, but they were, you know, people turned up at that sort of time of, that, you know, in that sort of era, and it wasn't in the big tourist moments, Easter, summertime, mm-hmm. you know, they would have stood out anyway. But they were just, all the pubs, it was, I think it was the publicans who were just like, oh yeah, there were these dudes, they turn up occasionally and they use 50 pound notes. Ah. It was the 50 pound notes that flagged them. So there was really? no CCTV or anything back then, or cameras. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, these, there were some guys who turn up like once a month or whatever, you know, irregularly, but regularly enough to be, and they use 50 pound notes and everyone's like, why are they using 50 pound notes? There's a bank in the village, but you wouldn't get given a 50, there wasn't an ATM then, they wouldn't give you a 50 pound note. Yeah. You know, but they would pay everything in cash and use 50s. And that was how they ended up getting caught. Well, why is funny? So why is the, a fifty associated with twenties or because like there was like even then, like think about the inflation. So fifty pounds back then was in even more um, more money. Yeah. But also, it's just you still don't see a fifty being bandied around. Yeah. You know, I mean, you do occasionally. Someone will get given one in a bank, but and you'll break it when you buy some groceries would, or whatever. Why would that but, be associated with drug dealers? Like, why do drug dealers have fifties? Well, because they just because everything is cash, so it's yeah. just like they've got a ready cash. So they've just got the biggest regular note. Yeah, they're just like flush with huge. Which I wonder if flush with huge amounts of dirty money. I, I wonder yeah. if the criminal enterprises in America used to use hundreds, and then they started going to twenties because twenties were less well, suspicious. Twenty is the smallest amount of money that you can counterfeit as well, and it still be worth it. Yeah, like that's why. Like they don't like. It doesn't make any sense to make counterfeit ones or fives or tens because the amount of work isn't it worth into the it. yield and obviously the amount of trouble you get in. So well, think, even with even with regular money though, like that's yeah, unusual yeah. things like twenties, non sequential. Like well, whatever, it's also because it, it looks less suspicious because there's twenties everywhere. Like twenties yeah. are the are the staple. It's also what cash. people buy drugs with probably yeah. most frequently. It's also the money that comes out of the ATM to, for yeah. the most part generally. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I mean, that's just me telling that. I, I can remember that story. I think there was a little book written about it, like true yeah. crime book, you know, about how this drug smuggling ring, like, you were using Excuse the Welsh me, Coast. Excuse me, you've seen anything peculiar. Using the Coast. Welsh oh, Coast. Yeah. Probably, yeah, but, um, but yeah, yeah but, uh, by all fact, accounts, it was the, it was the usage of the in. big cash was the thing yeah. that, that, like, got them... 50 pound notes? Yeah. And then they were like, who were they, what did they look like? And then they basically hung around, I think, until these guys turned up again, yeah. you know, and then they were like, that's them. Do we think that they came from... From Germany. Maybe. Uh, from... From Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could have been. Could have been. Could have been. Did they, uh, did they carry machine guns? <laughs> <laughs> I've got some new... Uh, I think every time... I got some, totally I'm natural. Put, <laughs> I'm going to put in a request. Totally natural. Every t- I think what we need is some sound effects. Every time I tell a story that's from Wales, we need the sound of a roaring corgi. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I need to find, or uh, maybe like a dragon. I need or, to find, or actually, I, what would actually be more closer to? Obviously, that's an absurd thing, but uh, absurd's also good. But maybe like the, the sound of a Welsh Melbourne choir singing Delilah or something like that. Something be, like uh, this. Oh, I think you're the only one who can hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You and our millions of listeners. Could you hear that air horn? Nope, there was an air horn. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I assume that's what you're doing. I see <laughs> yep. a lot of clicks. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyways, oh. speaking of modern technology, were we talking about modern technology? Sure, we were. Sure, we were. 
Do you have uh, a robot I'd noise? Season. Was that no, your? That's not it. Uh, no, I've just been reading a lot and seeing a lot on different things about how we'll people are growing horns. Can read. Yeah. Have you heard about this? What? You guys heard about this? You read about this? You what? seen growing about this? Horns, growing horns. horns. I don't know. Uh, much. Uh, you get a horn. Like people who, basically, four in 10 people between the eight, ages of 18 and 30 are looking at their phones so much that like they're you're getting a little bone spur at the base of your skull like where your muscle attaches I've i don't have that. one oh you must have i've got a head lump i've always had it back there that's because you were looking at looking down at your your phone too much you know, i, mean, I don't think so. probably looking at your game boy as, as a child that's true playing game Tommy, boy Tommy, yeah. Tommy oh, Terry game games. Boy. Uh, tetris neck as they used to call it that's right yep <laughs> tetris neck <laughs> but there is a article on the telegraph how to keep using your smartphone without growing a neck horn. If anybody's, <laughs> if anybody's interested in that. That's the dumbest headline I I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Take that up with, what, what, do you, what do you do in Telegraph? Come on now. Also, like, don't on. call it a horn. Like, No, it's horn, they're horn-like. Like, listen, like a human, new study like, has found that incessant phone checkers have, are talk, sprouting horn-like spikes what, or that, bone is spurs. Is the idea that this is like our bodies are deforming as a result of tech use? Or like Maybe. Or, or yeah. sort of like, it was that broaching into this whole sort of like human AI crossover space yeah, where we become part mm-hmm. robot. Yeah, it's going to be the next stage of an, human evolution. I went to an ex- exhibition last night which was art that had, was was made by both an artist and by AI. Uh-huh. And it was pretty fascinating. There was this like a video artist called Martha Fiennes who is in fact sister of Ray Fiennes Ray Fiennes yeah alright And um, but it was the launch of her film but she had made this and Salma Hayek was in it but they'd done some live action footage which they'd filmed, the real Salma Hayek then she all of the, its backgrounds and I think foreground stuff was entirely was in a state of constant evolution as a result of coding and algorithm so creating a sort of there's, subconscious you know sort of imagery that the AI was had done the creating of, but it was yeah. like mixed with live action footage that mm-hmm. they had created. It was pretty fascinating. Been a lot Some of it was extraordinarily around. beautiful, you know. But it was just interesting to see the two things blending together. See, yeah. After reading that, ten reasons to delete your social media accounts right now. Yeah. Uh, I have become like I don't know. Whenever I hear AI, it just gets thrown around so much, and I don't know what it means. And, and that actually made it more like he was basically talking about AI and like his work with it when he's like. That's just a, it's a word that people are like, oh, artificial intelligence that basically means anything that, like any algorithm, any type of thing. Like, so we think of it, I guess, like when you use the word AI, it feels misleading because when we think of AI, we're thinking C-3PO. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we think of. We think robots that are sentient. That doesn't actually mean, like, technically artificial intelligence isn't. It might not even be actually making decisions. It's just an algorithm that's yeah. well, sure. taking I'm input I'm like and putting out something else. We should maybe get someone who knows about this on the yeah, show. So we we talk definitely about it in some should. Detail, but I, just, I thought there was something about like it was one of the foundation definitions that it had some sort of self-learning capacity within a certain parameter. Like so it, would, it could develop maybe it, beyond it might, it might the not, coding. But, but it might not be able to get much further. But there's a certain amount of like adaptability I, I don't, within it. I don't know if that's though. the way it gets used anymore. I, oh, mean, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I yeah. think the way that it's used now is so nebulous that it's almost like we say, oh, this, is, this art was made by AI. This thing is AI. This thing is AI. Like, yeah. what 
AI, quote unquote AI, like art, like this is what they'll call robots, like robots. Or they'll they'll robots. say that like tr- you know Google Translate is AI, or like something that like on Instagram that is translating like oh it's using AI to translate this, but it's not really because all it's doing is taking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of millions of people of real humans who are translating things for their friends and stuff well, through Gmail proce- or online and just taking well, that yeah. and running well, it through that. That's, about, that's proce- not really about AI. processing power, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's like, that's not you, like, really AI. I'm really fascinated by the shit and I feel very uninformed, but I did, was reading recently about the idea of quantum computing and that yeah. is like enough to make your brain melt, which is like a fundamental change in processing power that things will be able to work so quickly it works on the basis of quantum mechanics, which yeah. is the idea of the superposition. So you yeah, know, entanglement like and stuff like that. Two things can be in one place at the same time, sort of idea. But it, that, like digital, inf- it goes from the zeros and ones. I think of like digital information yeah. as it currently is to a different that even goes beyond the zeros and the ones into yeah. a fundamental into idea two quantum quantumly entangled particles or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely bananas. So I mean, on and off is, is the, the state of quantum. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So and there's a possibility of the, what they call the double or the superposition within computing. But it will make things so quick that the possibility of pros, of like the processing powers that are experienced as limitedly minded humans will be such that it will seem like it has a, su- a superhuman intelligence or speed which makes it feel like a robot or da 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 and, you know, But actually the fundamental is that it's just has an insane super processing power. Yeah. But, it's, but all these things are, of course, like in relation to how we see and experience the world. Yeah. I actually went, I don't know how much time we got left, but I will mention it briefly. When I was upstate uh, last week, I went to a talk at Bard College given by Carlo Rovelli, who is a quantum physicist, one of the founders of quantum loop theory. And he wrote a quite famous book called, um, a really beautiful book I read two years ago. It's a sort of popular science book called Seven Brief Lessons on Physics, which I would recommend anyone listening to read. It's really stunning. Did you invite him to come on the podcast? And he goes, uh, I did actually meet him afterwards, yeah. And so I don't have his email, unfortunately, but wouldn't it be nice? Um, You never know, might be able to find a way. But his talk was, What is Time? And it was about the nature of time. But he was talking about like the sort of quantum possibilities. But his core thing, which was really fascinating, he wasn't, didn't get into the theory, was precisely that, which is that the foundational ideas of quint- quantum are getting closer to being proven to true. It's just that we do not have the ability as humans to sort of experience the nature of that truth. So we then mm-hmm. sort of put upon these things a certain interpretation in order for us to understand them. You know, yeah. like, so a quantum computer will do such extraordinary things, but not because it's necessarily some sort of magical thing, but it's more like to us, we'll give it a name like AI or whatever in order, yeah. in relation to our own abilities, yeah. right? He was like, time is not how we experience it, we approximate it, was his thing. He was like, all of our ideas of time are based around an approximation of the reality that we, yeah. that only we can deal with. Yeah. But he says, but that's still fun, that's what makes it so magical, is that weirdly we can't experience what it actually is we sort of exist in a sort of deluded state like how but 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 his thing was like I don't know if we can change that deluded state that's just how it is so we just create ideas around that in order to to exist we think of we think of time as a constant but really movement changes time but movement is the only reason why time exists at all and height and heat and all yeah. these things yeah totally it's, it's the whole like thing a, of like the physical we, yeah. do, we were mean, talking about this with our friend about a, how yeah. like this the, the speed of light is what makes you know that all yeah. that stuff is relative because like if you're dry if you're if you're standing still you point a flashlight at the wall yeah it reaches the wall at the speed of light if you're driving 60 miles an hour down the road and you point a flashlight the light's moving away yeah. from you at the speed of light so 
time is relative. Yeah, 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 you know, like. But his key, exactly. Like, and, and he put that in a really beautiful way in the speech, yeah. actually. A little side note. He said, um, he was like, even what we think of as the now is not the now. Yeah. It was like our sense of what we think of. He said, he was literally said, as the equivalent of us sitting in the room now, you looking at me speaking and hearing, we, we think we're in yeah. a shared sense of a present moment. And he was like, he literally said, I am on this stage, you are in the seat, you see me speaking, I speak to you. We think, in fact, we feel and experience that we are in a collective moment of now, the present moment, which is continually moving forward. We have a mm-hmm. past, a future, but you hear me say, well, this is the now, right now, as I say it right now. Yeah. But he said, actually, you're only seeing me because light is traveling from me to you. And he was uh, at, at a fundamental level, we're not in a shared now. You know, he was like, because light is leaving me and traveling to you, you are receiving it. There was like a sort of nanoseconds difference. He was like, so my now actually is different from your now, and we are not in the same now. Howell and I are closer in now than Pete and Howell are, because I'm closer to Howell. Yeah, but his his point was essentially that, you know, it was like, but we can't possibly experience that. So we approximate this for for all sorts of complicated reasons. But the, his key thing was this amazing Our idea listeners think of they've the, been listening uh, to us for 43 minutes. Yeah, but it was a bit like, um, his key thing was a bit like the experiential nature of it. Is yeah. What it was that you can't, and that's why, and you end up naming things on that basis. That, yeah. You know, we kind of will give AI, like you just said, C-Bob, you know, a certain, we'll like endow it with a certain status because it's entirely in relation to who we are and our abilities as people. When some of it's marketing, too. Same thing yeah, with quantum. Totally. Yeah. Like, you'll see quantum it thrown all over the place now, like, in, in technology stuff, like, on, like, you know, TVs is a big thing. Like, yeah. quantum LED and quantum dot and quantum all this stuff. When it's, like, it has nothing to do with quantum computing. There's nothing, like, it, yeah, it's, it's just all... it's just a name. It's a buzzword that people know is in the tech futurology science stuff. <laughs> yeah. That they're like, well, we can just throw. It's just brand Yeah, like, we'll just it's throw artificial, you know, yeah. like, oh, how does, uh, how do, you know, like, and it's a, it's a more clever way for them to go, like, oh, yeah, yeah, Facebook uses, like, this, you know, artificial intelligence to figure out, you know, how to reach your customers better. And I'm like, you mean, so it's just a little bit updated version of the algorithm that you used 10 years ago? Like. Yeah, yeah, but it's not as fun to say that it's just oh, it's just like a weird algorithm that like we put together that helps people search better. The same thing that Google did twenty years ago. There's nothing new about it other than like it's just bet it's just more effective at doing what it does. Yeah, but it's not like oh, we've made a breakthrough. It it's just the same thing. It's the same (laughs) thing from 1995. Of course, the big question for me is always like always things about how do we experience it? How do we experience? How do we actually experience the reality of these things? It's hard to say, man. Hard to that say, but a, I would like to say that we experience it here on the podcast. Yeah, well, I definitely think so. I, I think mean, that we we break through our evolutionary restrictions to, uh, well, to I, offer you, you something about the foundational do. nature of reality. Are you guys ready for one more talk of futurology and technology that has to do with things that are related to our podcast and our time? Pete looks unsure, but I'm ready. You, Pete should be very ready for this because right, right, Life ready. on Mars gets Most a fair. test run in the Utah desert. There, uh, what do you think that means, Pete? We're talking about Hanksville, Utah. If I know anything about Hanksville, Utah, I know it's full of a lot of strong people who ain't libtards, who ain't voted for Hillary Clinton. That's right. Okay, so first off. Lock her up. Listen they, to this. They can go, they can go to Mars listen right to now. This opening, listen to this opening paragraph. Uh, hang a right a few miles past the Dirty Devil River, bump down Cow Dung Road, and the barren red landscape beyond morphs from the mere desert into something otherworldly. 
Men and women in spacesuits and oxygen tanks picking their way around boulders. One collects soil samples. Another launches a drone. The aircraft hovers, then drops. Wearing blades thwack the ground before stopping. Dead battery. The radio crackles. Every day is a new problem, the operator says with a sigh. Welcome to Mars, sort of. So they're they're doing a practice run. They're doing a practice run in Hanksville, Utah. Man. These pictures are pretty cool. So that's from the L.A. Times. Thank you to writer David Kelly from the L.A. Times for giving me that lovely sentence to read. We'll link to this thing. But I, I don't know, man. I, when you were out there in Utah in the desert, did you feel like it's this pretty, would be a good place to test out Mars stuff? It's, it's Martian, you know. Pretty Martian. Uh, in the thing I'm writing, I think I even said something about some of the red-rimmed canyons of Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, See? It, it is Martian-y, but, I mean, well, I guess. I don't know. The dirt's red. Well, the red-rimmed canyon. Dirt's red, yeah. man. That's the same thing. Yeah. Same thing. You know, I mean, I, look, I uh, I just don't know, man. You know, I feel like every time we get excited about some sort of possibilities of future technologies and crazy space travel, or time, there's always some scientist who, like, will ruin the fun by telling us that like time doesn't work right or whatever. <laughs> no, man. And think about this. They're they're testing out how to I mean, we're going to go to Mars. Whether I don't think we're going to like live there forever, but I, there's going to be a base on Mars. Like that's happening. You think I so? think. Yeah, let me tell you first of all, it already happened in 1972, most, <laughs> okay? Yes. It already happened. Sure. I'm you know me, I'm like one of the most skeptical people yes, this side of this side of the Mississippi, and I think that we'll definitely go to mars and an attempt to set some type of spe- whether or not we actually Elon's terraform anything i don't know about elon getting us there but i think that nasa will i, mean, I think yeah. that like there will be I, I some so. type of space-based i think that a human being will set foot on mars in our lifetime i certainly hope so i i see that I, mar i mean yes that would be extremely cool i i, I guess i i don't even know how to talk M- about this stuff a- anymore because s mars bitches I like I like the I, I want to see like a like we were talking about this the other day, C Bob. Like we, like as a human race, we are like still constantly. You know, if you'd like listen to like astrophysicists or you know, what's the other one, quantum physicists or whatever. Like they're still trying to figure out. Like there's just so many things that not only do we not know. Great unknowns, man. What, like... Yeah, yeah. It's just the unknown unknowns are so deep yeah. with space. that Like, it's extremely fascinating. This isn't me saying I don't think we're going to Mars. I do think... I mean, I think we will. But it, I do, no like, knows. as much as I love, like, the big, like, what-if stuff. I mean, that's I love that. I watch mm-hmm. YouTube videos about that all day if I could. Yeah. But, like, whenever I... If, I, if you really dig in and, and there is, like, a sobering reality of, like, man... Unless we just accidentally stumble across some something, like there's still just so many things in our solar system that we can't even begin to understand. Well, Donald thinks what is aliens, doing what. Man. Saw Donald the other day. Donald was like aliens. The Don. Did he say the Don? Yeah, because he was asked about the sightings. You know, that have been reported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year, like, and he was like, it was in that interview that he gave. Yeah, he was like, we. He literally was like, we've seen some things. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feel that that says 
like uh, that's the one of those phrases we should ask Greg Matloff Greg like, Matloff about one I know yeah. that's, we need to get a like that's a different thing but I think that like I don't know I'm, I'm not quite sure how that I'm, I'm trying to follow follow your uh, I don't your I don't think I have a how. thing to follow okay uh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> All right, I don't Bob, think there's anything to you follow you watched the Bob Dylan documentary this yeah. morning and now you're just exactly just rolling. Uh, you know uh, I think it might mean nothing but I, I guess all I'm saying is like I go through I go this is what I'm trying to say I go through periods of like being really hopeful about these big mysterious things of yeah. like you know aliens and interstellar travel and you know cryptozoological things that we don't understand about our planet and all these different things and then I go through the you know the the other side of that pendulum swing is like I don't know man it's just too much like there's just too much and we can't know it Sure, and that's just kind of the nature of but the universe. But getting to Mars to me isn't one of those things. This is a completely. This yeah. is like, uh, this is like setting foot on like this. I'm, to me, this is has nothing to do with mystery, or it is mystery, but it's more of just like a feat that like. I think. Well, I'm being a bad podcast host because my brain is still kind of stuck on the time thing, and so I kind of just skipped yeah, we're over not, Mars. We're 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 on Mars. Still. I know. I know. I skipped it. Just. I skipped on it like I get a, what you a mean, rock man. over yeah. the water. I think that this is all good stuff that we can put a pin in for getting. We need we need a few different guests on. If yeah. anybody's listening, who is an astrophysicist? Yes. If anybody's listening, who's a quantum theorist? Yeah, we yeah. want to get into this. Um, we well, need to get Greg, more. Greg, we, we had Greg, Greg Matlow has worked in quantum theory, doesn't he? With his work, we, with let's NASA, get. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. should get him back on, and we, we should, should get him to reach out to, to friends. To um, that's something you know we've had a lot of we've had a lot of great people on recently yeah no offense to our recent guests but it's a bunch of you know we, we actors need, and comedians and yeah. funny people and, and entertainers stuff, and musicians right. who don't know shit that's right they don't know anything about space i can tell you that right now we need space yeah we need some space they might they might you know have followers and and all that stuff but they don't know anything about space yeah, i'm dude, just kidding i love some, all you guys we need some space followers um also just one last thing one last thing before we wrap up Anybody want uh, to buy any elephants? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> Zimbabwe is selling to uh, elephants. elephants. Zimbabwe, ready to sell elephants to anyone who wants wildlife, is the quote. <laughs> anyone. Uh, they're planning to sell some elephants to Angola to help reduce. They have, ec- they have spare elephants, basically. They have too many well, elephants. And they're news. trying to. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. They're just like, hey, we have way too many elephants. Yeah, ecologically, that's good stuff, I guess. I've been to Zimbabwe, and I can tell you, I saw a lot of elephants. Did you? You didn't Uh, see any shortage? I didn't, yeah. I I mean, you know, I saw plenty of them. I don't know if, I don't know, I mean, I only probably saw like 30, which I don't think that's enough for the whole country, but I assume there's more elephants other places. Mm -hmm. Um, I did meet someone whose house was knocked down by an elephant. Because that just happens. Like that's a thing that happens. Come there. back from it's work. Like, like, where's my house gone? There's some elephants just rolled up on the house. Just rolled up over. in and just like knocked into their their living room. Knocked their TV over. And that was Dang. probably pretty dis- depressing. Yeah. Just a you know a crazy elephant. But uh, Zimbabwe is planning to sell some of the elephants to Angola and is prepared to ship wild animals to any other interested countries as the Southern African nation seeks to reduce its elephant population due to growing conflict between people and wildlife. Probably. Uh, elephants running up, running up in people's up, yeah. uh, in people's neighborhoods, people's knocking, knocking their their. Head. You know, if you get a deer in your backyard, it's kind of annoying because they'll eat your flowers yeah. and stuff like that. But you get an elephant in your backyard, that's coming into your house, yeah, and not through the door. That's it's it. coming in, Mister Kool Aid Man style. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Roll tide, baby. They say how much they are. 
I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, so the we have no predetermined market for elephant sales. Mm. We are open to everyone who wants our wildlife. <laughs> Tourism minister uh, Prisa. Uh, I'm not going to get hit this one. Mupfumira. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. Okay. Said in an interview on the sidelines of Wildlife Summit in Victoria Falls. That's where I was. And, they, and I can tell you, there's a lot of elephants there. The main problem is landmines in Angola. So we're trying to assist them by having a fund to deal with those before we send the animals. Yeah, because what you don't want is to send a bunch of elephants to Angola. And they then get they all get blown up yeah, by landmines. You do not want that. Anymore. No. Yeah, that, that'd be a problem. That yeah. would be a serious problem. But, well... Uh, yeah pretty crazy if somebody wants to buy an elephant probably it seems like nations it seems like you need to be a nation that has native african elephants to your country you can buy some elephants from zimbabwe so if we have any you know heads of state in sub-saharan africa listening to us uh and and you're in the market we know a guy uh for elephants uh get you that fan yeah, just mention our name to get uh, mention the Firescape Pod sent you, and you'll get five percent right. off your elephant order. Buttheads with the Z. Yeah, you will get five percent off. That's a yeah. guarantee. Uh, other than that, that's all. That's all I got. How you got anything? Rule, rule, rule. Um, we have any recommendations for anybody? Hmm, that's a good question. No, no. All right. Well, well. Oh boy. <laughs> Pete's Pete's still on time over here. Listen, Pete's man, I recommend like, uh, a quantum time watch, timekeeper, so that you know so that you, you know have the right. that there is no now, that's but only good. then. Uh huh. That's my last. That's it. I, I don't have a recommendation today. Okay. I think my brains are scrambled from Hal's time talk. Um, or they're not. You know what I mean. Schrodinger's brain. We can't know until we open Pete's head up whether or not there's next Schrodinger's episode. Yeah. Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's Pete. Yeah, that's that's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be. Uh, that's gonna be our our next video podcast. Mm-hmm. Is we're gonna open Peter's head up it's with true. a sawzall. I mean, tune in to. Uh, it's not. It, I know you're probably gonna be looking for it on like YouTube or Vimeo, but it's gonna be on the E-bombs world. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, just make sure it's a, just make sure it's a Milwaukee. All yeah. right. That's, All right. that's my only recommend. That's that's my only request. All right, everybody. Uh, we've been the Firescape. Email us at firescapepod at gmail dot com. Find us on social media. Firescape at Firescape Pod. You can find me on the social media at Culture Levi. You can find me on the Instagram Buttermilk underscore Pete. And Howell cannot be found. Cannot be found. Wow. In this time or the future. Yep, pretty much. Well, that being said, have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? I mean, the beer we got drank pretty good, don't it?
The days are getting shorter, and you can feel it in the air. Yes, it's that time of year. Pumpkin is finally back at Dunkin'. It's the cozy you've been craving all summer long, now in your cup at Dunkin'. Pick up all of your pumpkin favorites, like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte, or a pumpkin iced coffee, and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins. Sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season. Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit. Four plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com.